Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Have you struggled with stress or low energy? What about implementing a nutritional plan that you think should be working for you, but the outcome isn't the result that you hoped for? Or have you been curious about how you can start becoming the best version of yourself? while experiencing a peaceful, symbiotic relationship with Mother Earth. If you're like me and thought yes to any of those questions, or are just wanting to live a more holistic life, then this episode is for you. In this episode, I chat with Rob Carney, a certified holistic lifestyle coach, Reiki practitioner, and Thai body worker with a degree in sustainable food and farming. He is focused on helping you to reduce stress and live an overall healthier lifestyle through transforming the six pillars of wellness, including your thinking, nutrition, movement, sleep, hydration, and breathing. Rob connects the dots between all aspects of these pillars and how they can work in harmony with our planetary health to create a happy, sustainable life. We talk farm-to-table nutrition, sustainable agriculture, superfoods, and the fundamentals of living a holistic lifestyle. Buckle up because this is a good one. Let's get to it. So Rob, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really interested to hear about holistic health and kind of what that means to you. But first, I would love to hear kind of your description about what you do in your own words and maybe some things you like to do in your personal time. Yeah, Lena, thank you for having me. It's um I was really excited for this podcast this morning um, since yesterday uh, when you kind of sent me the little overview and it really brought me back. Um, so I feel like the best way to answer that question is to give a little overview of my story. So I'm 27 years old now. Um, about 10 years ago when I was 17, I had a pretty bad concussion. Um, it was actually a water skiing accident, flipped over the way of my skis hit me in the face, knocked me out cold. And so basically at that point, I was a state swimmer and an athlete. And um, then all of a sudden, couldn't do any physical activity that was anything more than kind of walking um, or light movement for about five months. So to me, I had to figure out another way to release my energy. And I I released everything through exercise. I was kind of my way of staying healthy. So then I was introduced to yoga by a friend who was like, look, if you can't exercise, like, have you ever tried yoga? At that point, uh, 10 years ago, it was not as popular for a 17-year-old guy to be doing yoga. But that led me down to meditation, psychology, neuroscience, nutrition. And basically, I just started working with anyone in the world of holistic health um, that would work with me. And so I interned with them, worked for them, whatever I could do to pick their brains um, as going to a lot of these Western doctors who were prescribing me pharmaceutical drugs on these things I just didn't feel good on them they didn't work for me and so I just recognized there has to be another way so after working with all these people I ended up graduating from UMass Amherst with a degree in sustainable food and farming and really kind of integrating how the planetary health is completely connected to the health of our human bodies so that's kind of the big bridge that I had. Um, I was originally studying nutrition and psychology and then took a class called eco-gastronomy, um, which is basically the study of food and food systems, which kind of led me down the farming route. So um, throughout college and after college, I worked on a few farms. Um, I lived in Asia for about four months in the middle of nowhere, Sri Lanka, on my um, good friend's farm out there. Um, worked with a lot of the kids out there and really learned to connect with nature at a different level and also just different cultures where I stood out like a sore thumb. I was the only person who was light skinned, blue eyes, six over six feet tall. So it was a completely humbling experience. Um, Then I went to Thailand from there, did a meditation retreat and kind of just really learned um, the Eastern and Western philosophies and kind of brought that all home. And fast forward a little more after that, I, I moved up to LA for about a year 
and worked in the medical device industry with a startup company that um, I learned a lot from a lot of the top uh, functional medicine doctors. We traveled just about every week to all these conventions for all things uh, functional medicine. So just learned so many cool things from all these great presenters. Um, but long story short, that company didn't start up. So <laughs> the way we hoped, <laughs> I came back to the Boston area, uh, much of where I was born and raised in uh, 2018 and started my own business, Whole Health Connections, which basically um, the intention is to help people find the best products and the best services that they can to optimize their health. And a lot of the product companies that I work with now are focused on environmental stewardship. So one of them is going plastic free um, by the end of 2021. Um, another one uses all recycled materials to ship and they plant a tree to anywhere that has had recent fires for every product they sell. So really just trying to bring conscious capitalism is a word that I like to use into into business in a way that is helping both the people and the planet. It kind of sounds like it started out and just you were almost a rolling stone that just kept picking up more information as you went. Is that kind of your, you know, what's your why for living that holistic lifestyle and sharing that with others? Is it because, you know, you don't want to go back to how you were before and you kind of can't unknow that knowledge? What what does that look like for you? Yeah, I'd say it definitely is. I kind of got bit by the personal development bug, as some call it, that once once I recognize that there is another way and there's a way that I don't want to bash Western medicine. I think it has its incredible purposes and it's great for acute traumas and injuries and things like that. But we need to find the balance, in my opinion, of the Eastern and Western philosophy. So part of my goal is to, and my why, is to just show that there's a balance, that it doesn't always have to be left or right or black or white. We can find the the happy medium and really utilize the best from all these different disciplines and farming and environmental sustainability is a huge portion of that. Again, you can you know, have the best factories in the world and have the best economy, but if you can't breathe in the air because there's so much smog and you have no trees, it's not, it's not a long-term recipe for success. So yeah, so really just finding a way to, I'd say, educate the masses and just connect with other like-minded people and, and just live a life that is you know, happy and not in a way that... We're looking at money as a bad thing, but just looking at money as a energy and it's a neutral thing. It all comes down to how we use it and how we acquire it. And again, come back to that conscious capitalism, just being a conscious leader um, that we can really utilize the environment to work with us and not be destroying the environment in the process of doing all the great human things that we've done. Right. It's it's almost like promoting just a balance overall and harmony for you know yourself, society, and the planet. Does that sound right? Definitely. And I love the word harmony because I think that that's uh, what we all need to move towards a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm going to attempt to give you know what I think holistic health is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So essentially, you know, holistic health to me is just like it says as a whole, like looking at your body and kind of everything. So like our physical, mental, spiritual, social needs, um, but also like considering, you know, external forces, our environment, you know, what we eat and drink, how we're moving around and interacting with other people, kind of managing stress and mental health. It's like everything encapsulated together, which is a pretty wide umbrella, but it's just the idea that, you know, if you're not well in one part of your body, that it kind of affects you in all other parts of your life and your body, as well as affecting other people. Is that, would you say I kind of hit it or? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think you hit it, hit it right there. And I just say, I, I, what I would add is that the, the, my easy answer, short answer to it is that it's basically that everything is connected and how healthy our environment is affects how healthy we are, how healthy our thoughts are affects what we are. And I like to look at holistic health in, in seven pieces. So stress being number one, that if we're stressed out, our health is not going to be in balance and we're going to be causing disharmony to ourselves and everyone around us. And then I look at moving, thinking, breathing, nutrition, hydration, sleep. So those are what's called the six foundation principles. And then the stress is kind of the overarching 
um, factor that tend to either make or break those those six foundation principles. And obviously, a lot of holistic health also comes down to emotional health, spiritual health, physical health, um, energetic health. So it's not so again, not so black and white that I think a lot of people think of health as oh, I I exercise and I eat good food. But to me, it's a lot more than that. Well, so you said stress is like the number one thing that kind of trickles down into every aspect. I feel like everybody nowadays is just experiencing higher levels of stress. So that kind of, you know, is interesting to me to see, like, how are people doing? Essentially, is that your first goal whenever you're helping someone um, with whole health connections is, is addressing that? Or what does that look like? Yeah, stress is definitely number one, because um, like you just said, the most common challenge for people these days is stress and stress can come in many forms. And just to kind of give a little background about stress. So we have our nervous system. So we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight mode. And we have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest. So most of us are stuck in a chronic state of sympathetic dominant nervous system. So we're constantly on edge. We're constantly firing off adrenaline, cortisol, all these little stress hormones which are great for acute survival. If you're running from a lion, you want to have all that energy flowing through you. But if now the lion is your boss or your spouse or the TV or all these things that aren't really a life or death situation, those hormones can actually kind of backfire on us. And that causes things like inflammation. They cause things like heart disease, all these, most of the common challenges in our society are based around stress. So most people, again, I can't say all, but most people aren't going to have a heart attack if they're healthy and happy. Usually that comes from a state of stress that triggers things like that. So to me, I I think stress is the number one thing we need to dive into first. And in a lot of that also just comes from our daily lifestyle. We're staring at screens all the time. Again, part of that sympathetic nervous system is when you're in that survival mode, you're staring narrowly on something because it's a threat and you don't care about everything else. So staring narrowly at a screen all day is really getting that sympathetic nervous system firing. So the biggest thing I say is we want to get out in nature, disconnect from technology. Look at nature, I think is the best way to do it. Just go for a walk, disconnect, leave your phone at home. Don't take it with you. You don't need those electromagnetic frequencies from the phone kind of disrupting your body's native electromagnetic frequencies, which is a Whole nother topic, but yeah, uh, the long answer to your question is that stress, I think, is the biggest challenge that we face in modern society. And that's where I think that really just giving people a lot of tools in their toolbox um, to combat stress is essential because we're all going to deal with stress in different ways. And there's no right way. Meditation isn't great for everyone. Walking isn't the best thing for everyone's uh, stress relief. So I just like to equip people with a lot of tools so that they know, all right, in this situation, I can use that. Another one, I can use that tool. So it sounds like that looking at health as just a holistic lifestyle is almost like feeling better in the present and also preventing, you know, disease or any of the things, like you said, a heart attack or something like that in the future. How does it relate to the longevity and the quality of our life looking at that further down the road? Yeah, I love that you just touch on the the topic of presence because I think that is also a large challenge that we face these days is many of us get caught up in the past saying, I should have done this, I could have done that, and we beat ourselves up for the past, which is causing stress. And then we look at the future and say, oh, I hope that doesn't happen. We, we tend to project fear into the future and regret into the past. So in my opinion, love is being present. So if you are in love with someone, you are sharing, you're giving love, expressing love towards someone. That's only when you're present. If you are with your partner and you're on your phone, you're not being present with them. You're not loving them because you're directing energy to your phone. So to me, part of health as a whole is, is finding more moments to be present. And that's where I think I find that things like gardening and farming and working with nature are great ways to be present. They're great reminders of patience, persistence, consistency. I mean, right now I'm in Boston, I'm looking outside and I see snow on the trees. And these trees aren't complaining saying, oh, I wish it didn't snow. I hope it doesn't snow again. They're just <laughs> living in the moment and just adapting. And it's the, it's the cycle of nature that things rise and fall. And, and that's all okay. It's all perfect just the way it is. And I find that 
the more we can be present, a lot of these stressors tend to naturally subside simply because we're not focused on the past or the future. We're just being here now and that's being in harmony. I love that. Well, so, you know, personally, I'm, you know, I do kind of look at it like down the road as far as trying to live um, a more long and fulfilling life because I don't want to end up, you know, in a in a nursing home or having somebody try to take care of me when I'm older. So I feel like that this also just helps take that burden and stress off of the planet and of the people that love you is just by living your best life. So by doing what you can to live your best life, you're also helping others. Absolutely. And and one thing, like you said, thinking about the future. So I want to preface by saying that thinking about the future isn't inherently bad. It's when we're thinking about the future in a dreading and a fearful way that that's where yeah. you know, that's, that's not helping anyone. So kind of a philosophy that I like to embody is that I like to think, am I making the planet, and I mean nature as well as humanity, a better place for my grandchildren's grandchildren? So multiple generations away, is is the planet that I'm helping to facilitate and take care of, is that going to be better a few generations from now or is it worse with the actions I'm doing? So I think that looking ahead in a positive route can be very effective. And obviously, if we want, if we have goals we want to accomplish and a, a lifestyle we want to create, we do want to have some sort of vision for that. But I think it's also balancing that with not getting too attached to it and just taking those actions in the present moment because the future is just going to be another present moment. So being present to the moment and doing everything we can today in this moment is the best that we can do because we can't control the future until we <laughs> control the present and we can't change the past. So the only the only place to be is right here. Well, I love how you touched on, you know, the multiple generations and kind of looking at that. Um, you know, we are seeing an increasing population. We still need to meet the population's needs while doing it in a healthy way. So I would love to hear a little bit more about just, you know, farming practices and how we can cultivate the land that can provide the healthier foods that we need and still being good for the planet. Great question. And I think that that's something that is becoming essential. I mean, it's, it's actually been essential. It's been essential for a long time. We've kind of neglected that. And um, I'm sure your, your listeners are familiar with a lot of the stuff that you talk about here, but I just like to go back to the 1940s where we started the Green Revolution. We started using a lot of herbicides and pesticides and all these chemicals, which at the time, again, you can't blame them because they recognized they were getting higher crop yields. They didn't have to deal with bugs and all these pests. And they recognized, wow, we can grow a lot more food with a lot less land. And so the problem with that is that that's a very short-term fix, that now we see our soils are completely depleted. Our solar system is an ecosystem. Our planet is an ecosystem. Our country is an ecosystem. Our state, and it just keeps going down to the human level. And we are an ecosystem within our bodies. We have lots of bacteria, fungi, viruses all going through us at all times that are helping to facilitate life. So when we're using a lot of these toxic herbicides and killing the microbes in the soil, now we have the challenge of our soils being depleted. So with that being said, the first the first solution we need to go to is going to organic because you can use herbicides on land, but that's just slowly destroying the, the soil over time, which if we don't have healthy soil, we don't have healthy plants because they're depleted in their nutrition. Even right now, I mean, you look at 100 years ago, um, the lettuce, the quality of nutrients, I think it's it's something crazy. It's like 100 times less nutrition in a head of lettuce today than there was 100 years ago, 80 times less, some, some, some crazy number. Point being is that we need to focus on the, the healing of the soil, and that's kind of first and foremost, and, and really letting nature work together because we have, we have fields of hay to feed the fields of cattle because they're all separate. So we need to reintegrate things and work them together. And that's where on an organic farm, using things like permaculture, um, we can really allow things to work together. So we have a giant field that has grass, it has wildflowers, has a plethora of different species in there. So the cows are getting a good, you know, a good diversity of food and then they're pooping so their manure is healing the soil and it becomes this system that everything is working together 
And one of my favorite little tips is that if people use chickens, you have a chicken coop, you put some fruit trees in the chicken coop area. So the fruit trees will drop their fruit, the chickens can eat the fruit, then they're pooping, they're fertilizing the soil for the tree. So it's a symbiotic relationship. And that's kind of what I view as the way forward is to create more symbiotic relationships because nature is perfect just the way it is. Nature doesn't need us to tell it what to do and to dictate that. We just need to give it the conditions so that we can live in harmony. I love that word harmony you said earlier, in harmony with nature, not trying to control nature, but allow nature to use its beautiful gifts that it's given us in a way that creates harmony. So (laughs) the long answer to your question is, finding harmony within nature and utilizing what it does naturally and allowing things to work together, not segregating everything. How long have you been using carton milk? I can say I have for a while now. So I was beyond excited when I found a new and easy way to make plant-based milk with Joy. Joy is a minimally processed nut base with no added sugar and comes in 100% recyclable packaging, Unlike traditional plant-based milks, my homemade biscuits have never been fluffier and my sauces have never been creamier thanks to adding Joy. Mix it up how you like it on your own terms. For 10% off of your purchase of Joy, visit addjoy.com. That's A-D-D-J-O-I.com and type in the code Lena Sanford. So I'm actually from a small part of the uh, southern part of Missouri, and that's a pretty big area for cotton and corn, soybean, rice. So, I mean, there's always crops (laughs) just being farmed, and it's actually pretty large-scale farming. There's a couple of really big farmers, and I think there might be one organic farmer, but it's pretty small. So what does that look like? You know, you're you're mentioning how great it would be to to start farming organic. What about the small farming versus the large scale farming and kind of what that looks like if we did put that into practice? Totally. And I think that the only way forward is to return to small farms. And I think there's a lot of power to that, not just in terms of the health of the planet, but Again, how the human and nature connection is so essential that if we have, I would much rather have 100 small farmers creating the same amount of crops than two farms that are just monocultures creating one variety of crops on the same amount of land. And kind of for the reasons I just said right before, but also I think that it doesn't have to be anything massive for a lot of people. You know, we can have people growing. I have a few garden beds. I have... I probably had a hundred and some plants in the ground. And is that enough to feed everyone in my family? No, but it's a start right now. And I'm, I'm slowly entering more. I'm adding more. I just planted a plum tree this last year. So it's just kind of adding little things every year. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But I think part of that is also, again, come back to conscious capitalism is, is voting with our dollar. So we're going to farmers markets, supporting the local farmers, supporting organic farmers, as opposed to going to Stop and Shop or any other big chain grocery store and just buying whatever they have there. If we can support the small economy, that itself is going to make a monumental change in how everything goes. So again, coming back to the smaller farms is that I, if we all grow something, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. If you put one raised bed in this year from listening to this podcast, or right now I have a few pots going with some grow lights inside because I can't go outside right now. So whatever you can do is making a huge difference on your own land. Now we can support other people that maybe are growing on five acres or two acres or 10 acres, a smaller scale farm that's growing organically and support them. And yeah, it may cost a little bit more, but recognizing that the reason it costs a little bit more right now is because of supply and demand is that it's so much cheaper for people to grow on a larger scale, but the nutrition isn't there. So in terms of how much nutrition you're getting per dollar, you're actually saving money by supporting a lot of these local farmers. And you're getting a lot of those local microbes in your body, which helps to build immune health, helps to build just an overall um, healthy human. So to me, it's it's really about voting with our dollar and just making small changes and not feeling intimidated like we have to go save the world and 
turn a whole home into a organic farm is like, let's start with what we can and, and support people that are already doing that. And I think that that's, again, voting with the dollar. I love that you kind of touched on the, you know, local solutions to food, reminding us that food just doesn't appear like it comes from somewhere. And yeah, you know, even when you mentioned the little bit higher costs, if you do buy local, well, think about the cost that it took to make that and get it to you. And like you said, that it's just not as, as nutrient as when it gets to you. So what does it mean or what does it look like for foods to provide the nutrients that we need without compromising like the future of our generations? What should we be looking for as far as nutrients in our food? Yeah, so I think it comes back to soil health and quality of water. That's another big one is that if we're spraying water from our hose, which maybe is from our town lines, which has chlorine and fluoride and all these other chemicals, that the intention is to clean the water of any pathogens that are potentially in there so people don't get sick, which I think the idea is good, um, but (laughs) then we're just drinking water that has all these chemicals and maybe heavy metal from the pipes. So I think that finding a place, obviously it's best to have a spring on, on site, which is not feasible for everyone. Um, but for me, I go to a spring around here to get my water. So the water that I'm giving my, my plants in my pots right now that I'm growing, I have some lettuce, spinach, kale, um, dandelion, um, sage, a few other things growing right now inside. So I'm giving them natural spring water. So the quality of the water and the quality of the soil, that's basically the food for the plant. So again, coming, we can just go, we can keep diving in deeper with the layers of it. So as a human, we need healthy air, we need healthy food and healthy water at the most basic level for survival. And now if we look at the water, there's different qualities of water. If we look at the food, there's different qualities of food. So for the plant, it needs healthy soil, it needs healthy water, it also needs healthy air. So recognizing that if I go to a farm and um, fairly recently I went to buy what someone said they had some local duck eggs and those aren't the easiest to come across around here so I went to their place and then I see them with their little roller putting pesticides in the front lawn and it's it's kind of like well (laughs) now I see that that's not the the farmer I want to support and again after doing this for some time I, I have a pretty good eye for recognizing what good quality of a farm looks like. But I like to ideally go to visit the farm myself and kind of see what the people are like there, if they're treating the animals properly, because I personally, my body does well with meat. But with that being said, I like to get local meats when I can. I like to make sure the the farm is treating the animals properly. Um, and so I think it's just a matter of making sure that the, the companies or the farms that we're supporting are doing the best they can to make this food the highest quality. And I think the best example I can give is whenever I go to Whole Foods, I, I never buy the Swiss char there. And that's one of my favorite greens because it's always starting to wilt by the time I get there because it probably came from California. It's been on a truck for three days. So it's already lost a lot of its nutrition and it's starting to wither. So I think it just comes down to looking for organic farmers, meeting your farmers, creating a good relationship with these people. And and if you can't have access to a local farm, that's where a lot of these superfood companies that I work with, they make products that are grown on, one of them grows on volcanic ash beds, which is incredibly nutrient dense soil. And it's, it's hundreds of miles away from any non-organic farm. So I always tell people buy local when you can buy support your local farmers, but for not for everyone that's not feasible. And sometimes here in the winter, it's not feasible to get all the nutrition that I need from my local farmers. And that's where I've found companies that I trust and believe in that are, as I said, really taking care of the planet and the health. And we can get products from them that will really support us. So I think it's a balance of in an ideal world, we don't need any products. Our soils are so healthy, our water is so clean, our air is so pure that we can just grow all our own food. But right now, that's not where we're at. And that's where I think a lot of these products just allow people to meet them where they're at and they get food delivered to their doorstep. Um, basically, you know, they're dehydrated juices at room temperature. So they keep all the live enzymes, mix it with some water, and you basically get an organic fresh pressed juice, which after working at a juice bar for Sometime I saw that they're not always the most fresh. They they pre-press and all that type of stuff. So 
oftentimes even more fresh than going to a juice bar. So I think that it just comes down to doing the best we can with where we're at and recognizing that it's not going to be an overnight shift that we're not going to go from um, where we're at to the perfect scenarios. We just got to do what we can with what we have and, and make the most of it and support people that have visions that are aligned with our own. So kind of to recap that for people that, you know, maybe want to start looking at better nutrition of their food, probably the best thing, you know, you kind of touched on growing at home, whether that's growing in a garden bed or, you know, in your garage or hydroponically, um, and then talking to your local you know, farmers, if you are able to, maybe even talking to them at the farmer's market. And then if you can't do that, buying organic or buying these superfoods from companies that you know that are helping to give back to the earth. Absolutely. So what is a superfood and why is that something that is good for us? Yeah, so superfoods have gotten kind of a, a little bit of a buzz the past couple of years. And the most simple answer to that is just that they're highly nutrient-dense foods per gram. So per weight, they're just extremely nutrient-dense. So things like spirulina are superfoods. Wheatgrass is a superfood just basically in terms of how much calories they have, how much they weigh. There's just a lot of nutrition in there. And so it's just a very effective way to get a lot of nutrition in our bodies without eating a ton of calories. And when you look at longevity studies of people who live the longest, they're usually people that don't eat a lot. They, they eat a calorie restrictive diet because the digestive system uses so much of our energy and for just constantly throwing food in there and empty calories like white bread and um, McDonald's hamburgers that are, I don't even know if it's real meat, <laughs> but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's things that our digestive system has to work so hard to break down. So for me, it's 1030 in the morning here right now. So far, I've had an organic coffee with some grass-fed butter, um, some of my um, organic protein powder, which is plant-based protein with some functional mushrooms in there. So a lot of these foods that have a lot of nutrition in them, um, but there's not, my body hasn't consumed a lot of calories today, but I have all the nutrition I need. And then usually throughout the day, I'll probably do a nice workout after this and then I'll eat. And so my body is get, but my body has all the nutrition I need. So to me, superfoods are just a really effective way for especially for busy people that don't always have time to cook meals, three huge meals a day to just get their their baseline of nutrition. And even if you do have time to cook three meals a day, it's a great way to ensure that, especially here in New England, as I said, I don't have access to the local food. I still know that I'm getting my baseline of nutrition. So to me, it's a matter of convenience and it's a matter of just ensuring that my body is optimized no matter what's going on in my life. So some people, you know, I've always thought of superfoods to be kind of like blueberries, kale, sweet potatoes, you know, beans and nuts. But really, like, it kind of matters how, like you were talking about earlier, like, they can stick a label on it that says, oh, this is great for you. This is a superfood. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Uh, what should people be looking for? And and I'd love to hear more about uh, the company you work with, Purium, and kind of what you see in them as knowing that, okay, this is, you know, powders or any kind of uh, supplements that will help me to get that superfood nutrients in my body. Yeah, so blueberries, kale, they definitely all can be superfoods. I think that's the the key word is that they can be. And it just comes back to the quality that all food is not created equal. So if you're growing your own food you know, on a biodynamic farm, you have really good soil, you have really good water, really good air quality. Maybe you're getting wild blueberries. I have some wild blueberry bushes. I have some wild blackberry bushes at my house. And so those are probably more on the superfood side than if I go to Whole Foods and just buy some blueberries or blackberries. Uh, yeah. Those are two completely different foods. Um, so yeah, those foods like blueberries, kale, they can be superfoods, but they're not always superfoods depending on the quality. So for me, I partnered with uh, Purium Health Products, which is an organic non-GMO um, superfoods company. Um, back in April of 2019, so about 20, 21 months ago, um, if I can do some quick math. <laughs> so, um, so basically, the reason I found them is uh, I was actually pretty skeptical at first because um, I had been seeing one of my mentors. He's been with the company for about six years. 
And it kind of sounded too good to be true. And then I started diving into it more. And when I did my level two holistic lifestyle coaching on San Diego in April 2019, um, I met a lot of other people that were just talking it up, talking it up and how great it was. And these are all really healthy people. So I was saying, wow, these are people that I want to be more like. And if they're using this, I'm going to at least give this a try. And so I gave it a try and, and I was already pretty healthy, but I pretty quickly found my mental clarity was a little bit sharper. My energy was a little bit higher. I was sleeping a little bit better. And then by about six weeks after taking it, I just noticed my baseline for overall health was just better. And again, as healthy and conscious as I can be with my own nutrition, sometimes things fall through the cracks. And this is, as I said, just an easy way to ensure that this is getting my baseline of nutrition. And one of the biggest products that is a claim to fame for Purium is that they have what's called the biomedic. So that's a super probiotic. So without getting too deep into gut health, our, you know, the digestive system is an essential part of our overall health and having that well-balanced bacteria and all the other microorganisms that are in there. Um, we actually have more bacteria in our body than we do have human cells, which is a fun fact. So bacteria are very important to our health. Um, but basically what the product is doing is that's the only product in the market validated by third-party studies to remove glyphosate from the gut tissues, which is the leading chemical in Roundup and other herbicides. Oh, so wow. basically it's it's removing the, because we store a lot of these toxins in our fat cells. So a lot of people, when they start using the biomedic and what's called the ultimate lifestyle transformation, which is a 30-day uh, nutritional transformation um, program. Uh, basically, a lot of people lose a lot of weight and they're not changing anything besides taking the products. And it's because they're detoxing a lot of the toxins from their fat cells. So once the fat cells open up from things like the biomedic and these toxins are released, now we can flush a lot of that stuff out that our body's been holding on to for months or years or decades, depending on how long we've been exposed to these things. So to me, it's just phenomenal to see someone who says, hey, I'm like 20 pounds overweight. I can't figure out why. I've done everything. I exercise. I eat healthy. I eat organic. I do all these things and I can't lose weight. And then they flush out some of these toxins, parasites, other things that we're um, holding on to. And then all of a sudden they lose the weight. Now their whole life has changed in 30 days. And to me, it's just been truly in amazing to watch this unfold. And for someone like me who's has always had trouble gaining weight, it's helped me stabilize my weight because I, again, I'm, I'm just, my body's not doing as much work on the digestive system and I'm just more balanced. So yeah, it's just been really great to, to see this in the community we have of like-minded people, just always looking to help other people and grow ourselves. And there's just a lot of personal development in this business as well that is just, I could go on and on, but I just really love the people. I love the company. I love the mission. Um, Real quick on that, Dave Sandoval, the founder, his mission is to end human suffering. He was homeless, um, I think when he was either, I think he was 14 years old, he became homeless and he just saw human suffering at such a low level um, that he actually doesn't even take a cut from the company. He's made money in other industries. So this is kind of what he calls his heart business that he doesn't even take a profit. He just wants to go plastic free. Um, we're single use plastic free by the, in the next two weeks and it will be 100% plastic free by the end of next year. Um, so yes, yeah, so he just wants to help the people and heal the planet. And yeah, yeah it's just an inspiring group to be around. Well, so I think one of the, you know, a big thing that you mentioned is paying attention to how these products are making us feel and just being mindful of that as we're doing it. Cause you know, like you said, you could be doing all of the things you think are right and still not be getting the results that you want. So just even being mindful of that and like continuing to dig further, not giving up, but just trying to to continue to do that research to figure out how you can live, you know, more a uh, holistic lifestyle essentially is kind of what I'm hearing from you. Totally. And it, it, I think it comes down to like we coming full circle with everything we talked about. Are you moving enough? Are you walking enough? Because walking, I think if anyone's going to do one form of movement, walking should be the movement. So you know, are you walking? Are you taking time to disconnect from technology? Are you fueling your body with the right nutrition? Are you breathing properly? Come back to the stress response. If we're breathing shallowly through our mouth into our chest, that's creating a stress response. When you're running, you're breathing shallowly. Whereas if you're calm and relaxed in that parasympathetic 
rest and digest mode, you're breathing fully in through the nose, filling up the belly. It's a lot more intentional. Are we exposing ourselves to positive thoughts? Are we watching things like the news that are instilling fear into us all the time? Are we are we balancing that with positive thinking? Are we balancing that with positive um, things that we're watching? So it is just a complete picture. Are we surrounding ourselves with people that we want to be like? Are we, you know, it could go on and on. So it really is just a whole picture of every aspect of our life. Are we in balance and are we balancing our movement? Are we moving enough? Are we moving too little, moving too much? Thinking, you know, are we thinking too much? Are we not thinking enough positive thoughts? And we could just go into every avenue of those six foundation principles on every end of the spectrum. So it's really just an ever, ever evolving self analysis and and again, adding more tools to the toolbox and learning how to combat stress and just find balance in our own way. Because what my vision is, is different than your vision, but I think that they're very much aligned in many regards. But I think that the big piece that I'd like to really hammer home is that every single person is so incredibly different that saying that one diet or one lifestyle or one exercise is the best thing for everyone, I just think is false. And I think it's it's unfair to say that everyone should be bench pressing 200 pounds three times a week or, or you know, eating a vegan diet or eating a carnivore diet or eating a paleo diet or whatever your diet is, saying that everyone should do that. I just personally don't believe that's true because I think we're all so different. And I think that that difference is beautiful. And that difference is what really makes humanity such a unique species is that we're all so similar, but also so different. So I'd say at the end of the day, when it comes to health is we all need to tap into our head, our heart and our gut and find the balance and not get too caught up in our, our brain, which many of us do is where we think things through so much, but we don't often feel things through. So really just le- learning to listen to the body, listen to our heart, listen to our gut um, and balancing that with a logical mind, I think is you know the best we can do. Gosh, I wish more people thought like you because I completely agree. I feel like we all are different and um, bringing, uh, you know, what I think is interesting about just what you do is just bringing all the pieces together and those pieces, it's almost like a puzzle. Your piece might not be the same as my piece, but we all still fit together and it all works, you know, with the word we keep using in harmony. So I think that's fantastic. One thing that I was really excited to hear from you, and I don't think you've touched on it yet, is the importance of sleep or rest for our bodies and for the environment. Can you talk about that a little bit? I would love to because that is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'm so glad you brought (laughs) that up. (laughs) So when I focus on working with people as coaching clients or, you know, business coaching, um, Purium is a network marketing company. So a lot of that really allows me to coach a lot of the people, my team, and just really connect with them on a regular basis, which is awesome. And it's, I've really found a lot of love for this industry that I had a lot of limiting beliefs and skepticisms and preconceived notions about before until I really dove into and started educating myself about what it was. And so when I'm working with people, either in the business coaching or in the holistic lifestyle coaching, um, it's really shown me that, again, stress is a big piece. And then sleep, I think, is the second biggest piece. So if we're not sleeping properly, our energy is probably low, we're probably a little grumpy, we're probably a little moody, we're probably not thinking clearly, we're probably saying things that we regret. Um, And I'm saying that from personal experience. (laughs) So so for me, focusing on sleep, I think, is, is one of the most effective ways to really improve our health and just our overall well-being in every aspect of our life. And Again, at the end of the day, we're probably going to be making better choices as it relates to the planet because if we're tired and we're in a rush and we're uh, irritable, we're probably not going to be focused on cooking a nice organic breakfast. We're probably going to be focused on going to um, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know if you have those in your area. I think it's a Northeast thing, but um, or a Starbucks or something and just getting something from there because you're quick, you're in a rush, you're tired, you just need someone to pick you up. Um, so to me, sleep is just so essential. And, and part of my philosophy around sleep is winding down at least an hour before bed, preferably two hours, keeping all electronics out of the room. Um, like I mentioned earlier with the 
non-native electromagnetic frequencies. Our, our electronics are constantly putting out these invisible frequencies like radio waves, Wi-Fi, cell phones, are putting out these EMFs, uh, short for electromagnetic frequencies. So these EMFs are constantly interfering with our body's native um, electromagnetic frequencies. And it can cause a lot of disruption and cause people to wake up in the middle of the night. So I turn my Wi-Fi off at night. My phone is on airplane mode, usually off unless I need an alarm. I have no other electronics in the room except for my air purifier. Um, I have a lot of plants in the room. And then in the morning is the other side of sleep that I think most people don't think about. So having a great morning routine, I think, is also essential. Getting sunlight, getting some form of movement in in the morning. Um, whether that's walking or stretching or working out, whatever your movement is at that time. Um, and then also hydrating, because you think about if we're sleeping for hopefully seven, eight, nine hours, um, our body has not drank water in that amount of time. So um, drinking water as soon as we wake up, I drink usually three bottles as soon as I can, put a little salt in there to get some electrolytes. Um, but I think the morning routine is essential, um, and I consider that part of my sleep time that people consider that part of that day, but that's really setting the tone for the day and keeping that healthy cycle of sleep and then having that bedtime routine. I like to do some stretching, maybe listen to a relaxing audio book or a podcast or just some yoga music. And yeah, I, I'd say that sleep is kind of the glue to our life that if we're spending about a third of our life sleeping... Um, we should probably look to optimize that, and that's going to make our decision making a lot better, and our patients, and just our relationships with our our partners, our family. That um, you know, if I'm not having the best day, it's usually because I didn't sleep well, um, and if I'm saying things, I'm a little irritable to my girlfriend or family, whoever. It's usually because I didn't sleep well. So, <laughs> so to me. And again, I'm more likely to go out and tend to my garden and be really happy and sending out that loving energy if I've slept well. So I, again, I've written lots of blog posts and articles and I have some um, ebooks on sleep. So if anyone's interested in checking those out, I could and I could talk about this for about 16 hours. So um, <laughs> you can check out those there. Uh, but yeah, that's my, uh, I think, three minute response on sleep. <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, yeah, everything you said kind of, it just helps to, you know, make sure that our brains, our body, our spirit is just rejuvenated and le that leads to just more mindful and thoughtful and sustainable behavior. So kind of wrapping that up with a little bow there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I love that. And I feel like that it is something like you said, we all do it. Everybody sleeps. So why not make it a, a better quality sleep? And you can do that, you know, with the tips that you suggested. And I'm sure people will go check those out. So say people are like, they've listened to this. They're like, all right, I'm going to start living, you know, a healthier life. What's the best tip you have for just somebody to get started? Should they reach out to you? What should they do to um, try to get started on that journey for themselves? Yeah, thank you. I'd say, obviously, I, I always love chatting with people. So if people want to reach out to me on Instagram, my Instagram is at whole health connections, all one word, W-H-O-L-E, health connections with an S. Um, and feel free to shoot me a direct message so that you found me through the podcast here. And feel free to reach out any questions. I'd be more than happy to offer some individualized support. Um, I do offer as well one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, from the online space, which is also really cool. I do a 10-week program that we really hone in on your your why, your mission, and that's really the basis we start with. And then your goals, and we go there in 10 weeks and work through those six foundation principles we talked about earlier, focus on stress and just adding tools to the toolbox. Um, but in terms of other ways that someone can start right now, this moment, um, I'd say the biggest thing is to Go for a walk. You know, it has to be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you feel is best for you. Don't overdo it in terms of whatever you're doing. Don't bite off more than you can chew. It's better to have a sustainable approach. I'd rather see someone going for a 10-minute walk every day than try to go for a two-hour walk one day than not do it again for a week. So right. I think that the consistency is a big key. And you know, just drinking more water and maybe that's switching to spring water. So and you can go to findaspring.com. It's re it's really that easy. You can go to findaspring.com and find a spring near you. And if there's not, 
then it may be worthwhile to invest in a high quality water filter. I know Berkey water filters are great. Um, and there's a lot of other natural spring water you can get in bottles and things like Poland Spring, even though they say spring, they're not spring water. It's just a marketing name. So be careful on things like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say improving the water, getting more sunshine, just getting outside more, moving more, exposing yourself to more positive thoughts, sleeping more, getting some sleep routines down. And that's part of what I work on in the 10 week coaching program is just optimizing a morning and evening routine. I think that's just such an important piece of overall health. So yeah, I'd say moving more, sleeping more, drinking more water, um, thinking more positive thoughts, breathing a little bit more consciously, preferably through the nose, um, filling up the belly and yeah, being happy, smiling, making those uh, corners of your mouth go up to your ears uh, I love to just have people feel happy, feel healthy, and feel connected. So, yeah, it would be an honor to connect with anyone listening here. Um, yeah, I, I love just chatting and connecting. And as you see, I can talk for probably about six more hours. So <laughs> I have to contain my excitement on a lot of these things. But, yeah, this has been an incredible conversation. So I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you. And is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, I'd say um, people can find me in my, as I said, on the Instagram at Whole Health Connections or on my website is wholehealthconnects.com. And yeah, I'd say the take home message is um, any goal you're working towards, it's going to take patience, persistence and consistency. And no matter what we're doing, if we're patient, persistent and consistent, we're going to get there and being present at the moment and just being in being in presence, because um, when we're being in presence, we're acting from a place of love. And I think that the world needs a little bit more love right now, or maybe a lot of bit more love. So acting from presence, being patient, persistent and consistent, um, and just maybe just make someone's day a little bit brighter today. And that's all I can ask for. Well, thank you so much for connecting those dots to wellness for us. And I think that you've provided a ton of resources for people to start on that journey. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lena. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details and let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram, at Hometown Earth, or connect with me at Lena Sanford. We all know change needs to happen, so let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.